inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining today. We'll now hear about presence and uh, very interesting stories and wisdom from a coming author. My guest today is Sam Leibowitz, who is known as the Conscious Consultant. He is a mentor, coach, speaker, and author of the upcoming book, Everyday Awakening. He has been in the business since 1993 and has owned several successful businesses. His current ventures include Talking Alternative Broadcasting, and Double Diamond Wellness in Manhattan. Sam has lectured in several venues in New York City, including being a featured speaker at TEDx Upper West Side in 2016. Hello, Sam. Hi, Oscar, and thank you so much for having me on your show today. It's a pleasure talking with you. Definitely very intrigued hearing all your experience and also, of course, about your coming book. So please tell us, more about your experience, how uh, life uh, led you to become uh, an author, but also a speaker. Well, it's interesting because actually the seeds of both of them were back when I was in college. Uh, when I was in college, I took a lot of creative writing classes and I really loved it. So I always thought one day I'd become an author, but I just never knew what I was going to say. And like, I wrote a lot in college, but then after I got out of college, I started working, I got busy. I, I didn't really pursue it until recently. And with my speaking, uh, it was in college. Uh, a friend of mine said, Hey, you know, I'm a member of the speech and debate team. Why don't you come on over to one of our team meetings? I think you'll like it. And I never got up and spoke in front of anybody at all. And I thought, oh, okay, let me come check it out. You know, I like my friend. So I went to the meeting and the Fran, who was the guy who was the coach for the team, was just such a nice guy. He was a lot of fun, really sweet. And I just instantly bonded with him. So I ended up joining the team just because of Fran. And I tell you, it was a very interesting process. I was a member of the team for about three years. Uh, and I still remember my first speech I ever gave at a tournament. I had everything written out on index cards. My handwriting was awful. Mm -hmm. I could barely read <laughs> what I wrote. My voice was shaky. It was awful. It was the worst speech I ever gave. And that's the good news. It was the worst speech I ever gave. It only got better from there. So I, I developed over a couple of years that I was on the team and, and uh, really grew to love uh, speaking. Mm, yeah, it's funny. Sometimes you need these, uh, well, not so, uh, not, not so nice experiences <laughs> to, to force you to, to become better. So yeah, debating is something I still don't... Uh, don't master, don't... I try to avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes. Yeah, I enjoy... Uh, <laughs> the, the debating was an interesting part. We didn't do a lot of debating. It was more speech competitions, but we did do something that's called a Lincoln-Douglas debate. And the interesting part about it was you had to be prepared to debate both sides of the topic. Mm -hmm. So this way, 
you learn to see things from the other person's mm-hmm. point of view as well. So even if you believed one side of the topic, you still had to debate the opposite. And I learned to really have an appreciation to see things from the other point of view. Mm-hmm. And I think that also helps me in my speaking because it helps me to put myself in the position of my audience and is what I am saying reaching them? Is what I'm saying relevant to them? Is what I'm saying adding value to my audience? And that's really uh, how that helped me over the years. <laughs> yeah, also for me, it's quite quite challenging when I have a position, a clear position, and I have to defend the, the opposition. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yes. All right, fantastic. Um, we want to hear specifically today about presence. So, and I know that on your book you have um, many, many thoughts about that. So, please, please tell us what is presence. Yes, presence is something that I've really become much more aware of and m- much more c- concerned about over the last five, six years that I've been doing a lot of personal development work and and working on myself and. One of my teachers, he really, he's a Peruvian shaman, really helped me to understand the importance of presence. And I've learned that the reason why presence is so important when we're speaking is because when we're really present with another person or multiple people, does not matter how many that there is a richness of information in the presence. We can feel things and sense things and hear things and notice things that when we're not very present, we don't normally notice. And we all have been on the receiving side of it. We've all been with somebody who wasn't very present with us. Maybe we're mm-hmm. trying to have a conversation with them and they're busy on their phone or they're distracted, or you can just see from their eyes that they're not really paying attention to you. And, and Oscar, that, that really doesn't feel good, does it? Mm, yeah, correct. And we've also been with somebody who really gave us our complete mm-hmm. attention, their complete attention and really helped us to feel like they were really listening and getting what we were saying just by how they were being with us. And so I've learned over the years that that is is such a powerful aspect of, of who we are and what we're capable of, not just when we're talking with one person individually or two people, but even if there's five, 10, 15, 100 mm-hmm. A thousand people, it is the same. Presence allows us to really feel the energy of the room. We can feel if we're truly present, whether what we're saying is landing on our audience and causing them to have some experience or not, regardless of whether they appear to be reacting to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's clear when you started the, the explanation that you are facing one person, one-to-one, and 
and you can see if this person is a bit distracted or is very present, very focused on what you're saying. But when this moves to the speaker in front of thousands or hundreds, just a big number that you cannot see everybody, of course. So um, tell me how you can notice if the if the audience is pre first of all just to notice and then of course how to uh, react but just to to be noticing if the if the audience is present or not well when we're very present with the audience and when we're present with ourselves w what i find for myself mm -hmm. is i sometimes will put something into what i'm talking about that I hadn't necessarily planned, mm. but then that thing is what is exactly what someone in the audience needed to hear mm. and reaches them. And when we're really present, even if there's a lot of people in the room and we're looking at different people, mm -hmm. we can notice very subtle body language. It could be their eyes are drooping if they're if they're falling asleep or they're beginning to yawn or they're a little fidgety in their seat. And and even just these very subtle movements give us this indication that, oh, I'm boring them or I'm putting them to sleep. I'm lulling them. I need to change the energy. I need to move around. Or, or if somebody's too energetic or, or too like shifty and every wide eyed open and maybe their energy is too high. <laughs> and so then we need to bring down our tempo. We need to slow down and we need to perhaps, depending on the type of talk we're giving, need to calm down the energy and control it. And, and it's really. As one of my mentors likes to say, it's really all about energy management. It, it's understanding sort of the highs and lows of your talk and where you want to take your audience and being very present to where are they and where do you want to take them? Are you looking to inspire and uplift them so you want to bring their energy up? Or are you talking about you know, dealing with stress. And so you want to calm them down. There are all kinds of talks about all kinds of things. Not everything is about pumping people up and getting them on their feet and clapping. Uh, although those are very fun talks to give. I love giving those kinds of talks. Sometimes the talks can be a little bit more subdued depending on what it is. If you're talking about a very serious topic, if, if you're really trying to reach people's hearts and their souls and not just their minds, there may be a different kind of energy you're trying to enlist from your audience. So it's being present to where you are in the moment and where your audience is in the moment and and how do you want to shift that and change that and then that that shifting and changing that's where all of our normal speaking tools come in mm -hmm. um for instance uh, you you said that you for the audience you can be um, sensing the um, the subtle uh, body language um yeah of course you, you can see from at least from the closest persons who are to you uh, if they have uh, the arms 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 crossed or they have a right. le leaning forward or some of this uh, body language 
But how many people you have to be looking and, and how often, let's say, to, to have an idea? You don't have to notice everybody. You just need to notice a few people. And it's about sort of noticing people in different parts of the room. So maybe you're noticing somebody on your right side and then you shift to the left side, someone in the middle, in the front, in the back. And just those five positions will give you an overall indication. You know, one person is not enough. Mm, Two sure. people, you know, again, it all depends on the size mm. of your audience, but probably not quite enough. But three, four, five people, you now have enough data points to to feel of what's really going on. And and the other thing that's possible as well is maybe one side of the room is a little low and the other side of the room is a little more engaged. So then maybe you need to direct your attention mm -hmm. to the left side instead of the right side, because maybe you've been focusing a little bit too much on the right yes. side and the left side feels ignored. And so their energy is a little low. <laughs> yeah, actually, if you, if you did that, I mean, uh, focusing, like facing one side, probably... Uh, you lost some presence in the from the other side, so you, you get a bit also somehow distracted, right? So that's also it's very very interesting and, and well not so easy. Eh? No, I would say not easy at all. It's absolutely, it's 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 a process. It's a practice. It's like building any muscle that we go to the gym. We have to exercise, so we may not do so well the first time, the second time, the third time. But if we keep practicing and we keep practicing. And and we said our intention, like, this is what I want to work on. Over time, it will become more and more and more natural. And, and we won't have to put so much effort behind it because we've done it so much. Mm. Yeah, I also notice uh, you know, from my own experience that sometimes when I'm sensing people, I'm just in the, <laughs> the wrong moment. And I, and I, when I look at a person, this person is, let's say, with the phones distracted or, or, the face doesn't look uh, friendly or but i just i just uh <laughs> capture in the wrong moment and, and that can also give us some uh, some bad feeling right can feel like, okay mm, this is not going well while maybe the overall is it's going well so that's also so tricky right because if you focus on just one audience member they might just be having a bad day yes <laughs> so so they might look upset or mad or angry and it may have nothing to do with you mm -hmm. but if you notice three or four or five more people in different parts of the room if they're happy and smiling and their eyes are wide open and they're maybe leaning a little forward then you know they're engaged you know they're they're with you they're present with you and that that one person is an anomaly because let's face it we're all human beings we all have a different experience we're all individuals we we have a tendency to try and lump people into a group and if like one person is a certain way we think everybody is that way but actually Everybody, every individual in your audience is having a completely different experience mm -hmm. from the person sitting next to them. So we want to be open to noticing by being present with your audience how people are different and how different people respond differently to things you say. Now, some things we may say may land really well on 
a, a large percentage of your audience and not on a, on a certain percentage of your audience. And so noticing that also gives us information that, oh, okay, this landed on the majority of people really well. It was a joke. Every, you know, the majority of people laughed. All right, that's a good thing. Or, uh, you know, you tell a joke and only a couple of people giggled and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I got to work on that joke. <laughs> <laughs> the punchline is not ready. <laughs> yeah. um, and what about the opposite side? Now uh, we're focusing on, on the audience, if they are present or not. But what about the speaker? If How to make sure that the speaker is, is, is present? So for myself, the, there's a practice that, that someone had mentioned to me a while ago that I try and remember before I speak, before I have a conversation. And usually it just involves sitting or standing still for a moment, taking two or three breaths and just like going inside for just a minute or two and just feel whatever it is you're feeling in the moment. Maybe you're excited because you're about to give a talk, or maybe you're nervous, or maybe you're anxious, or maybe there's something on the outside that, that's pulling your attention away. So it's about noticing it, breathing it out, letting it go, and then opening your eyes, and then really just being totally with the situation, your audience, the stage, wherever you are, whether it's a Zoom room or an in-person talk, being really present and, and being focused and, and leaving everything else, all the other worries, all the other cares. Every If you had a fight with your, your, your partner that morning or a family member, just leave that all aside. And when you show up, you show up to be in service to your audience. And the best way to be in service is to really be present with them. Because how can we know what's best for our audience if we're not really being with them? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, definitely. So it's very important to take this um, the last last minutes just before your uh, your presentation, your talk, and and do this centering yourself and, and for yourself to focus. Yes. The, the, our breath is mm -hmm. so yes. important and it's such a useful tool in so many different circumstances. I mean, we're talking in the moment about, you know, in relationship to speaking, but it's something you can use in, in almost every aspect of life. Mm-hmm. I also want to know to to hear about your. Um, I'm always interested and intrigued to hear uh, the ones who had it, the opportunity uh, and privilege to do a TEDx talk. Uh, I want to hear their experiences. So I want to hear your experience. Please tell us. Well, well I, I tell you, it came as a little bit of a surprise to me. I mean, it's something that I'd wanted to do for years. You know, I, I've been watching TED Talks for, for I don't know how long, a, a long time, like probably, you know, not, not as soon as they, they started doing them, but probably within a few years. 
and I really love the idea. And the way it came about actually was an old friend of mine who we had a falling out many years before and hadn't heard from him or talked to him for a while. And he contacted me and he says, look, I, I know you're upset and this and that, but I want to make it up to you. I'm helping this guy organize a, a, a TEDx event. Would you like to be a speaker? And I was like, yeah, of course, would love to. And so he connected me with the organizer. And I, and I tell you, this is, uh, it was really quite interesting because at the time, although I had been doing some workshops and some individual seminars, I didn't really have, it had been a while since I'd done any public talks and I didn't really have much in terms of recordings. I didn't have too much up on YouTube, but what I did have is I've been having my own show. I mean, at the time I've been doing my, my live podcast or my internet radio show, uh, for, you know, five, six years at the time. Now it's been over 10 years. And so I had several recordings. I mean, you know, dozens and dozens, you know, probably, probably, you know, a few hundred recordings by then. And, and I had started to do Facebook live. I think it had already started. So I had several videos from Facebook, from doing the Facebook lives of me interviewing people and just me talking. And so I was able to send those to the organizer and he, they didn't have auditions. They didn't run it the way you, you, they typically do a TEDx talk. Um, he basically just talked to people and, and decided who he wanted but he, he, he watched my interviews, he listened to my show, and he saw that I was very good at interviewing people mm -hmm. and on doing a show on my own. And a lot of that also comes from presence, because to be a good interviewer, you mm -hmm. got to be really present to the person you're interviewing. And so just from that, he, he allowed me to uh, be a featured uh, presenter at the TEDx Upper West Side. And uh, unfortunately, it was the only Upper West Side TEDx that they did. He organized that. And I think after that, it was, it was a little bit too much for him. So he stopped <laughs> doing it. And I did, and I prepared. And, and it was an interesting experience for me because I'm much more of an extemporaneous speaker. I don't like over-preparing mm. for something. I, I'm more in the type of person that likes to have just a general outline, have a sense of where I want to go, know the, the subject matter very well, and then I just kind of show up and what comes through me comes through me. And that's when I'm really in, in my zone of genius. Um, but with the TED talk, TEDx talks, you know, it's very prepared, written out, rehearsed, practiced over and over again. I had slides. And so it was one of the most prepared talks I had ever done. <laughs> and I did well. Yet even afterwards, you know, I, I watched the video and you can find it on, on YouTube. It's called The Technology of Consciousness. So if you just um, go to YouTube and type in The Technology of Consciousness and my name, Sam Leibowitz, it'll come up. It was good, but it wasn't, I knew it's not as good as it could have been, even at that time. And I believe it. it's just because of the very nature of these TED talks that they're very prepared. You're in a very set time limit. So you really need yeah. to know your time and, and, and be tight and succinct. And that's just something that I'm, 
for me personally, I can do, but it's not what I'm best at. I'm best at somebody throws me in the middle of something at the last minute and say, Hey, Sam, our, our speaker, uh, uh, canceled on us. Can you, can, can you show up tomorrow and, and do a talk, a 30 minute talk on something? And it's like, Oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. And I just figure out the topic and the general structure, and then I'm off and running. And I just sort of allow I guess you would call it a stream of consciousness, but I, I just allow it to come through me. And somehow that seems to work out so much better for me than being hyper, hyper prepared. Okay. So very, very interesting. Okay. Definitely have to watch your, your talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, now please tell us about the, the book that is coming very soon, right? The book called Everyday Awakening. Yes. Yes, Everyday Awakening. The subtitle is You Are More Powerful Than You Know. Actually, it's my first book. Uh, it was it was originally going to be my second book, but <laughs> something happened with what I was going to do for my first book, so I ended up doing this <laughs> instead. And I'm, I'm feeling really good about it. It launches on November 17th, and it'll be everywhere on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can even get it through my own website, but... It it's th this book is sort of a culmination of my blog that I've been writing for over five years now, and I had been getting in in the last two, three, four years a lot of people responding to my blog saying, "Oh, this is so wonderful! Thank you! It's just what I needed to hear today." Oh, these are really good, and there's one woman who's a a PR person who's a friend of mine lives in the building next to me, and and she was constantly like every other week emailing me, "These are really good. When are you going to publish? When are you going to publish?" <laughs> and and so I decided at the beginning of the year that that that's it. I, I need to. I really want to get a book out, and so. I hired a professional editor mm -hmm. and we started going through all the blogs and she helped me to tighten them up. She edited them. We organized them, changed some of the titles around and really selected out of these hundreds and hundreds of blog posts. We, we pulled out the top 126 blog posts and they cover topics on everything from presence, relationships, uh, resistance showing up in the world, or vision, community. There's so many great topics here, and and they're all very bite-sized little essays. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a, the type of book, not necessarily that you you have to read linearly and go chapter to chapter to chapter. I, I kind of feel like a better way of using this book is. You let's say you're you're dealing with a difficult challenge in your office or in your business or in your relationships. You just take the book, randomly open it to a page, and see what essay you come to, and then read it. And you're going to have you know one or two pages to read, and that gives you a different perspective on something, and it gives you a different way, perhaps, of thinking about your situation that may help to totally shift the energy around it and shift the, what you're dealing with in the moment. So, so that's the way I, I, I think would be best serve people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Quite interesting that you had um, doing, uh, you have done this book primarily from your extensive blog, 
which uh, as you told me has been praised for by many people um, I had a look at your uh, your writing and the book is definitely very nicely written and has special uh, I don't know how to call it presence energy yeah, you can feel it when I, when you read this book mm. yeah very, very interesting mm. the, the way you you made it um, yeah and as, as you say it feels like um, it's, it's easy to read and Thank you. Thank you, Oscar. Yeah. And and it's really, and all of it comes from my own personal experience. When I sat down to write my blogs, I didn't like have a content calendar. I didn't say, oh, this month mm -hmm. it's February, so I'm going to write about relationships. No, I just, it's just about what was going on in my life at the time. What were the lessons I was learning? How had I grown through some experience? And so I, I was just really sharing with people in a way what was going on with me. I, I didn't get into the details. I didn't name names. Yet, if you paid attention and you were really reading it on a weekly basis, you would kind of see, oh, Sam is must be going through this this week, or Sam went through that last week. And, and you could kind of get a sense of my journey. Now, The the book is not a, arranged chronologically. It, it's arranged in seven chapters um, in putting blogs together that, that make sense to be together. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not like my journey started with the first blog and ended with the last blog. Mm -hmm. No, it, it, it's all over the place because that's life. But working with my editor, we organized it in a way that makes sense where one chapter builds upon the other, builds upon the other, builds upon the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent. Like there, definitely, I will, I will, I will finish reading your book. That sounds like an excellent read. Um, Sam, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? I'll have to paraphrase it. It comes from my teacher Armand, and it's he said it, and I'm trying to remember exactly how he said it, but it was basically he said something like true power is in our presence and the person who is most present is actually in the position of greatest power mm. and i really didn't get it when i first heard him say it i didn't really quite understand it and it and it took a while for it to really sink in and for me to understand like what he was saying and now i really get it Because if we're in a conversation with someone and we're much more present to them than they are to us, we have so much more information available to us. We're so much better able to understand what the other person is looking for and how to respond to them and how to guide them. Whereas they might kind of be confused about what we're talking about and where we're going, yet we take them exactly to where we want to lead them. So that's why for me, presence is such an important topic to talk about with people because I now understand how powerful it is and how important it is in how we show up in the world. Mm -hmm. Could you now recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring and influential for you? 
Yeah, I was trying to think of a book because there's so many great books that I've, I've come across lately. But there's a, a recent book that I just started reading and I really like it. It's somebody who's going to come on my show in the future. His name, The author's name is Michael Gelb. And the title of the book is Mastering the Art of Public Speaking. And uh, he's going to be coming on uh, my show early next year. But it's a really great book for speakers because I was trying to think of a book that would be uh, appropriate for your audience. And and it's really a, a great little book. It's not too, too long. It's, it's you know, probably about 200 pages. And uh, it, it touches upon everything from from being in flow, empathizing with your audience, mind maps, business, words, body language, presentation. So I, I really like this book. I haven't, I haven't gotten all the way through it, but from what I've already uh, gone from it, I thought it would be a, a wonderful book for your audience. Mastering the Art of Public Speaking by Michael J. Gelb. Okay. Sounds definitely very good for, for us. <laughs> Um, finally, I would like to leave us with uh, something practical. See if you can share with us an exercise that you recommend us doing regularly, a routine to shine. So recently I've been cultivating this practice that I heard many, many years ago, and I can't remember who had talked about it. It was a very successful person. And for me, it helps me to see things new and be present to things every day. But what he talked about was how at the end of each day, he would in, internally in his mind give up everything. He used the term God. I, you can use the term source, spirit, universe, life. Uh, sometimes the word God, I know it can be very charged for some people, but whatever term you want. But he would give up everything he had, his wealth, his business, his relationships, everything he would give up before he would go to bed at night. And because he gave it up to the universe, he would sleep very well. And then in the morning when he'd get up and he'd look around and see that it's whatever is there, he would have a new appreciation for everything because it's like life gave it all back to him or life didn't take it away from him when he was sleeping. So he now had so much more gratitude for it. And I find for myself that when I do this practice consistently, I'm much less attached to things, which very much helps me to be more present when I'm showing up for people in situations, what have you. So I just, it's a wonderful practice and it's one I've been talking a lot more with people today. Hmm. Haven't heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks a lot for a very interesting interview, hearing about your experience and also a bit of the writing of Everyday Awakening. So please Tell us uh, how people can uh, learn more about you or get in touch with you, please. What are the best ways? Uh, thank you. The, the best way to get in touch with me is through my website. And my website is theconsciousconsultant.com. That's singular. So theconsciousconsultant.com. And if you go there on my homepage, you'll see uh, a menu option says Sam's book. If you click on that, uh, it'll have links to finding everyday awakening on Amazon, on 
Barnes and Nobles and other places. And we um, have both the uh, paperback and the Kindle version of the book. Um, I'm also setting up a link that'll go just directly to my Amazon page. If you want, it's uh, the, that website will be, that link will be everyday awakening book. Just one long word, everyday awakening book.com to find the book. Uh, but you can, people can feel free to reach out to me. Uh, my email address is sam at theconsciousconsultant.com. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Again, it was a pleasure talking with you, Sam, and all the best. Thank you so much, Oscar. I really appreciate you having me on your show. Uh, it was wonderful to share this uh, with you and your audience. And uh, uh, truly have a, a beautiful and wonderful rest of the day and rest of the week. Likewise. Wonderful day, Sam. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time...